A very warm welcome to this podcast on professional online presences for students. My name is Thomas Lancaster. I'm a lecturer from Birmingham City University and this is the first in eight podcasts designed to help you to become more employable. And I want to stress now that this is real material I use with my own students and which has helped my students to gain better jobs, to gain better placements and to help themselves to progress further and faster in the workplace. My background is within the computing discipline but these podcasts should be helpful for you regardless of which academic discipline you're in. It does mean I'll use a few computing examples here and there which I can't help but providing you're used to using computers and let's face it if you can use Facebook you can use computers then these podcasts will be useful for you. Before I go any further I just need to say a quick thanks to the Higher Education Academy who provided some support for developing these podcasts and they do a lot of great work within the higher education field which feeds into improving teaching and learning for people across the sector. And you can find out more about this project and the other podcasts by going to the website at professionalonlinepresence.com There are eight podcasts in this series. I may well do other related areas later on. But in this podcast number one, I want to overview the idea of professional online presence, which is the set of websites which represent you as a person online and present all the great things you can do and they hide away all the mistakes you've made that you don't want your mum, your dad or a prospective employer to find out about. And I want you to think straight away about what are you doing to make yourself employable and I presume if you're listening to this audio then you're studying a degree or some other qualification at the moment and you're really interested in achieving a great result. That's brilliant. That will really help you out there in the real world but it's not the only thing because you're entering a competitive job market with lots of people applying for the same posts. So what else can you do? Well a relevant degree or some transferable skills. Think about all the skills you've got every time you're given a presentation. It doesn't matter what field you're going into but those speaking skills will be useful to you. Yes, even within computing at the people who can be quite insular then yes sometimes speaking skills can be important. Uh, what else are you doing? Hopefully a portfolio of work and examples. You've got something you can show people at interviews. Work experience perhaps? Something like a sandwich year placement? A summer period of experience working for a company in the relevant field? Perhaps some hobbies showing that you have interests outside the classroom. Even better if they're related to what you're studying. Um, and a high quality CV. I know it's one of these things that's been drilled into you since you were a young child to have up-to-date CVs but it's amazing how many people have a last CV that was updated when they were 17 and they haven't thought to include skills and examples of all the fantastic things they've done at university and in those years when they really entered adulthood. So a CV is important as well. 
to you. But becoming employable is more about that. I call it the so what factor. What are you doing to make yourself look better than everyone else? And let's say within a computing field, you want to go out and develop websites for a living, which is a very popular area to go into, then employers are going to expect to see websites. And even more than that, they're going to expect to go on the internet, do a search, and find your websites there looking prominently. They shouldn't need you to really have to tell them, yes, I've developed websites. They should be out there selling you as a person. And regardless what field you're in, you would like something on the internet there to sell you and to show everything that you can do. And it's great because you can develop skills during your course for that. When you apply for a job, I'm going to surprise you by saying that there are employers out there, and I would say it's the majority of employers now, who will just go on the internet, go into Google, they'll type your name in and they'll see what comes back. And if you've got a really common name, then they might not find you. But that's not brilliant for you because it doesn't give you any additional opportunities to present yourselves online. Uh, now, beyond that, the next thing a lot of employers will do now is they will go into a little-known site called Facebook. They'll type your name into the search. They might also add your university name or the town you would live in, which will be on your application, and see what they can find. And often it's not good. The kind of things that come back for that search, well, think about every party you've been to where people have been snapping selfies and showing what could be quite embarrassing pictures taken out of context, the employers see those. And the last thing you want when you're employing somebody is to think, oh, this person's going to get drunk all the time. They won't do any work. If you don't have a Facebook profile, it's even worse because you're of the age where you have a Facebook profile. I have a Facebook profile. Nearly everyone I work with has a Facebook profile. They are so commonplace and employers who can't find a Facebook profile immediately ask, why not? Where is the profile gone? Has this person got something to hide? And that's a big red flag as well. And yes, employers really do this. I go and visit a lot of employers. I speak to them when they've employed students, when students are out on placements. I ask them about this. And there are many studies online which you can look up which will show the lengths that employers go to to find out this level of information. These employers, don't forget, are spending vast sums of money to make sure they choose the best people for the job. And so for them, a few minutes hunting around on Facebook or in some other site to find you is negligible. It's a few pounds about what may be a recruitment process costing £10,000. They really do do this. There are other things that employers might find on your Facebook profile which are bad, as well as these compromising photos. I have students who show me their Facebook profile uh, and then they moan about having to go to university, having to do work, having to study. That's not what you want to present to an employer because employers want people who love getting up in the morning and going to work. Whether it's true or not, you at least don't want to put off the employer. Anything that says you're work shy is bad. They want to make a good investment when they're hiring people. Uh, but let's look at it from the other side of the coin. Facebook can be a real asset for you when it's used correctly. 
because it shows you a normal person. It shows you well-rounded. It shows you have interests outside of your course. Uh, it demonstrates that you're modern. Companies have got Facebook pages. They use social media consultants. Social media is big business. And Facebook can show what you've accomplished. If you've got a great photo of yourself having achieved your degree, wearing your hat, holding up your scroll of achievement, that's a good thing. When you post about the excellent marks you've got, that's a good thing. When you post about your work experience, that's a good thing. And you need to think about which bits of Facebook can people see which present you well. And uh, the social side, which just like everyone else I use, keeping that hidden so that only the people you need get to see that. And you need to keep that going throughout your career because remember when you do join work you may find the first thing about the office culture is everyone is friends on Facebook and the boss may add you as a friend as soon as you arrive. But it's not just Facebook. Think about all those Instagram photos. Think about your Bibu profile if it still exists. It's probably out there. Think about the videos from Nights Out that are up on YouTube that were taken of you. You there parting away. There's lots to present about yourself online and this all forms part of your personal brand. And one of the main concepts of professional online presence is that you are a brand. Just like every celebrity out there controls their own professional online presence or they've got a team of people who do it for them, they're a brand. You need to think of yourselves in that same way, particularly this is going to be an important brand for you. Maybe not in your first job, but when you go into your second job in five years' time, your third job in 15 years' time, whatever it is, and you go through your career, then your online brand, which you can set up now and can grow with you, is going to be really valuable for you. And it's your opportunity to take the initiative and control what Google shows about you which is that when people search for you, they find all the very positive stuff. They find that great newspaper story you were quoted in. They don't find all the dross that you don't want out there. It also means you need to own the web properties that are important for you as well. We think of that as your internet real estate. And the very minimum which you need is a website about yourself. There is nobody out there listening to this podcast who isn't capable of creating a simple website. You can just go onto some services online, type in some information about yourself, and it's a website. You don't have to understand formatting, you don't have to know HTML, you don't have to be able to code, as we'd call that within the computing profession. It's very easy. And if you set up a blog, if you set up an online profile, on one of the many, many social media sites you're capable of setting up a website. You also need a professional email address to go with that. So that doesn't mean the email address you set up when you were 14, which just showed your love for cricket. It means something with your name in it. Um, and the more of the sites you can use, the better. And the ones that aren't owned by a university, the better. And the reason I say that is because you have an account with the university now, but you're not going to be there forever, and you'll find you start to lose these resources. You lose the web pages on the university site, you use a university email address, so it doesn't stay with you. And even if it does, in five years' time, 
you don't want to be associating yourself with your university email because you've passed that and you've moved on in your career. You want an email address which you own and you can take with you. And it may be a Gmail address. It probably won't be a Hotmail address because somehow that just doesn't ooze the same level of professionalism, but it will be something there. You also want social media identity, which is part of your overall professional online presence along with your website. Again, though, you don't own the social media sites. You could have a profile on Facebook, and Facebook could ban you at any time without any reason. So you want to limit the amount of effort you put into creating that. You've got no say in what happens to your Google Plus account. So that's why anything you do own in the form of a website with your name in it is particularly important. And we're going to explore how you set up these sites in the following seven podcasts in this series. But particularly for your website, you need to be thinking about including your CV, which you keep up to date, including your portfolio, so all the great things you've done in your studies. It might even include videos if you're presenting. If you're an artist, it would include your artwork. If you're a programmer, it would include your programs running. And the interesting posts that show how you're valuable within your field and how you've explored it outside your university studies. You're going to include the web URL on your CV and application forms when you apply for jobs as well. That way you can direct the employer to the professional view of them that you want to see. So thank you for joining me, Thomas Lancaster, for this, the first podcast on the professional online presences for students series, looking at how you can become more employable by thinking about how you represent yourself online. In the second podcast, I'm going to look at the preparation you need to do in terms of claiming identities, thinking about how you name yourself for maximum effect, and the overall marketing of your personal brand, which is you and all the things that make up your life and your value and benefits as a perfect employee. We're then going to look at some particular sites and services you'll be using, promotional activities and then in the final podcast I've got some advanced marketing techniques you can use to demonstrate expertise. I look forward to speaking to you again in podcast number two in the Professional Online Presences series.